0: Welcome to Beijing's Daily News. Today is the 18th of August 2022. We will be covering NFT liquidation risk on NFT lending platforms, recent Federal Open Market Committee minutes, and an overview of mainstream cross-chain DeFi exchanges. Let's get to it. On August the 18th, KOL Sirius tweeted about significant risks to the NFT market. There are currently over 32,000 Ethereum's worth of NFTs being used as collateral for loans on Bendow alone. For the first time ever, a lot of these are at serious peril of liquidation. Bendow is the first peer-to-pool based NFT liquidity protocol. Depositors provide Ethereum liquidity to earn interest and in turn, NFT holders are able to instantly borrow Ethereum through the lending pool using NFTs as collateral. Most NFTs are collateralized at thirty to forty percent of floor value. So if I take a loan on an eight at hundred Ethereum floor, I can expect to receive thirty to forty Ethereum loan at a fifteen to twenty five percent interest rate. If you allow the health factor of your loan to fall below one, your NFTs put up for a forty eight hour auction and sold to the highest bidder if you don't repay the loan in time. A health factor below 1.2 means that you are in the danger zone. A 17% drop of your NFT floor triggers a liquidation. Here's the terrifying part. There are currently 45 BAYC with a health factor at or below 1.2. 2.8% of BAYC supply and 1.6% of MAYC supply are currently in the Bendao wallet. There are other platforms like Fi that also have a sizable amount of outstanding loans. If and when the domino starts falling, it will be one of the most opportune buying windows for MAYC and BAYC ever. For the sake of my fellow apes, I hope that this disaster is somehow averted, but the reality is that the chances of that are not looking too great. Tyler Durden wrote about the Federal Open Market Committee minutes on Zero Hedge on August 18th. Firstly, Fed officials remain highly attentive to inflation risks and are committed to bringing down price increases and keeping inflation expectations anchored, even if it slows economic growth. Still, policymakers also spoke about the risks of tightening too, too much, noting that there is a possibility the Fed could tighten the stance of policy by more than necessary to restore price stability. Secondly. Policymakers said the economy is still stable for now, despite the drop in GDP, pointing to strong jobs growth, a low unemployment rate and elevated wage growth. They discussed the possibility that GDP growth could later be revised upward to resolve the discrepancy. Thirdly, the minutes were viewed as marginally less hawkish than anticipated, with officials saying it likely would become appropriate at some point to slow the pace of policy rate increases. Fourthly, however, participants also stressed that moving to an appropriately restrictive stance of policy was essential for avoiding an unanchoring of inflation expectations. And they said it may be necessary to stay at a restrictive level for some time to ensure that inflation was firmly on a path back to 2%. Fifthly, and here's how markets reacted, the S&P 500 was down 0.3% as of 2.42 p.m in New York, where the NASDAQ 100 was lowered by 0.6%. The Russell 2000 gauge of smaller companies fell more than 1%. The 10-year Treasury yield hovered around 2.87%, while that on the two-year stood around 3.28%. On August 16, King Toots and OX Villian published an article titled, Fundamental Insights and Overview of Mainstream Cross-Chain DeFi Exchanges. They mainly compared 4 categories, a total of 11 items. The first comparison is the Pure Aggregator. A Pure Aggregator is a cross-chain DEX which does not have its own blockchain, bridge or swapping capabilities. Unlike 1inch, this product aggregates not only DEXs like Uniswap, PancakeSwap or SushiSwap but also aggregates cross-chain liquidity pools such as Connex, Hope and Thorchain. It searches the best path for the user through its routing algorithm and executes the transaction by calling the protocols in the path. Then it's cross-chain DEX with in-house swap. Unlike pure aggregators, cross-chain DEXs with in-house swap capabilities have their own swap application. They establish exchanges on multiple chains first and they integrate with external cross-chain liquidity pools to process transactions. Next is cross-chain DEX with in-house bridge liquidity pool. If cross-chain DEX executes transactions through external cross-chain liquidity pools, it has to pay for its service. Some products decide to build their own liquidity pools to eliminate this cost. However, large in-house liquidity pools can help to maintain an economic moat for the protocol to keep competitive advantages over its competitors. Last one is cross-chain DEXs based on sidechains. Similar to DEX aggregator 1inch, most cross-chain DEXs are currently free to use, which makes it difficult to support the intrinsic value of their tokens. Even an in-house liquidity pool cannot generate a good profit due to the low bridging fees and high risk. In this case, some projects build their own sidechains to enhance the security of their products and the value of their tokens. To continue hearing more, please subscribe to BeijingVentures@substack.com for a daily newsletter and follow Twitter account Bixing Ventures to hear the rest. This is Celine from Beijing Ventures. Thank you for listening and we will see you tomorrow.